Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast. Um, so, this podcast is about board gaming, wargaming, tabletop RPGs, um, basically anything tabletop gaming, apart from collectible card games. Um, so, I'm going to stop numbering episodes, um, because I keep on recording them and going, oh no, I should really put that in this place. So, put that in that place and you know right so I'm going to be talking a little bit about what I've been doing hobby wise what I've not been doing hobby wise um, so I have started doing some road train um, YouTube videos to show you how I make my roads or how I'm making my roads um, because this is actually the first time I've done it um, so you know basically it's foam board, it's um, a mix that I use for my basin that I'm using for os- asphalt or ta- um, like the tar roads, like the tar roads, because the tar roads here in, you know, in the UK, Scotland um, at the moment, um, and then there's cobble roads. Now the cobble roads one is very time consuming. Um, and with that, I use Das Clay. Um, I have an idea to do like a Roman themed board with the clay, but <laughs> not until I get one of the green stuff um, rolls to to actually do it, rather than doing it by hand because it takes absolutely ages. Um, so yeah, those videos um, I'm doing in sections. So I've already done the preview um, and the first couple of episodes where I actually do the um, the making of the the road sections with the clay and with the the mix that I use. Um, now, as always, um, I have recorded videos of the whole process, but you know, when I sit back and watch them, um, sometimes I'm like, well, there's no point in me recording this video and uploading it when you can go watch another um, person do it that's already done it. Um, I don't like... I mean, I don't mind doing, like, terrain and stuff and videoing that and uploading that and painting stuff because I do it differently from other people. I don't do it 100% exactly like other people. Um... But, you know, the the way I get more out of the PVA, not the, not the clay, by using PVA, I got that from Lux APS. Um, the mix I got for my basin material, um, or for my basin, I got that from Lux APS. So there's no point in me going, oh, oh this is how I do it, that, you know, this is, this is mine. It's not somebody else's I got it from somebody else um, so yeah that that's what I have been doing I've also been tidying up um, the uh, hobby room quite considerably um, it used it was a complete not a mess now it is not um, also all the terrain is kind of in one place now well most of it anyway um, so I was going through it and I have quite a number of hills, quite a number of outcrops, quite a number of 
trees. Um, so what's going to happen is I am going to get round to finishing off um, Lieutenant Calcius and I will raffle him off. But after that, instead of doing the Napoleonic one, which I was going to do, but I'm going to complete the diorama and um, thing it off, raffle off. What I'll do is I will raffle off some um, trees and some hills and some outcrops. I'll finish them off and, and uh, do them for you um, so you can get them really, really cheap because I reckon a hill putting it totally together takes about an hour and a half um, with materials it's probably about 15 20 quid you can get it for three quid or you can get two for three quid or however many however, however many um times you put money into the raffle um so every time you buy me a coffee yeah a raffle ticket so you know you could win one two three i don't know how many hills i'm going to be put putting in a raffle, I don't know how many bits of, um, which got the outcropping that I'm going to put in it I'm not sure how many trees I'm going to put in it but I'm going to do a couple of different ones, so I'll, you know I've got 25 trees tree armatures that aren't currently built, I think um, diff various different ones um, that aren't complete um, so you know, it's not a few. It's not just a few, and it's way more than I need at the moment. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not giving them away, it's like properly giving them away to like clubs and stuff because one club won't appreciate it. I know that for a fact. Um, and the other club has way too much terrain as it is. Um, can't give it away. Can't can't give it away to go get their own upgrades to that terrain. Um. So, yeah. But obviously, once that's done, I'll talk about it again on the podcast. Um. The thing is, the reason that I've decided to stop numbering them and say, you know, this is this number is like, well, I did a podcast on the that had the Gene Steeler cult stuff and the pricing and everything. Um, but it was like weeks ahead of where it's going to get released and I'm like well when I went back and listened to it I'm like well that's that's way ahead of it's where it's meant to be or way behind where it's meant to be because I should really just release it this week um, so there's going to be some changes um, to how I structure things um, there's obviously going to be ways you know different podcasts you know, different types of podcasts. So I'll have podcasts like this where I talk about various different subjects. I'll have podcasts where it's a single subject and then I'll have podcasts where I have interviews. I've already lined up a couple of interviews um, or a couple of possible interviews and I'll, obviously I'll also do um, the actual play podcasts. Now, you would you could say, well, why don't you have different different podcasts to do it. I don't think that it's a good idea, to be honest. Um, and I don't really have the money to not you know, have have it in place um as is. Um so 
Um, right around now is where everyone's getting into the the swing of things with Warhammer Fest. Um, you know, the, it's the start, I think, really, of everyone's Golden Demon um, entry aspirations. Um, obviously, I don't have the money to go to Warhammer Fest right now. Um, and I probably won't have money to go to Warhammer Fest this year. It is something I do want to go to. And it is something I do, I mean, I do want to enter something into the Golden Demon competition. Just because, you know, I, I want to have, try it at least once in my life. I know there is very little chance of me actually winning a Golden Demon, and I'm fine with that. Um, because, really, my painting isn't display quality. I would never, ever claim it to be a display quality paint job. Um, I do very solid and sometimes even brilliant tabletop standard painting. Um, very rarely brilliant, I'll be honest about it. Um, but, you know, it's nice. You can see it in Twitter. You can see it in like um, Instagram. You can see it everywhere. People are starting that, ooh, that little, okay, I'm looking at how do I do this, you know, non-metallic metal kind of space marine armour? How do I do this? How do, you know, they're, they're planning it out. And you can see it. Um, you see it every year. Um, with the whole um, hobby. When it's people who are obviously good painters. They might not be the best painters, but they're really, really good. Um top quality painters and they're like you can see it in the way that they're they're planning it out last year obviously I didn't have Twitter so I didn't see it as much um, it was kind of Instagram and I didn't really pay much attention to Instagram I still don't hugely you know you might have found a link to this podcast on uh, Instagram but that's only because it's a, it's a social media outlet for me to to be able to um, passed on the knowledge of the podcast um, also my painting and everything as well but you see it more on Twitter because Twitter is you know it's it's a mile a minute at times of, of stuff coming in I am currently on like almost 900 um, falls 891 falls and 289 falls um, so I see fucking hundreds of shit. I mean, it's obviously not all. Um, nope. I didn't mean that. Um, it's obviously lots and lots and lots of different things. You know, there's TTRPGs, there's board games, there's your Twitch um, guys, there's streamers, podcasts, everything. Loads, loads and loads and loads of different stuff that I've got following on Twitter, but. There is a lot of it that is pain, um, and I, th- I think it's important to to talk about this because there's a lot of people who are new to the hobby who will think, oh, oh, these are amazing painters. I want to really be like them. Good aspiration. Good thing to remember. I've been painting for twenty years. I'm not any good. Compared to these guys, to com- compared to the Golden Demon winners, the 
Slayer Sword winners who are the pinnacle of the Golden Demon. Um, the you know the Golden the Golden Brush. All of the like major model painting or um, miniature painting um, awards that you can get. The people that do it are at the very very top. You know, the people who win it are at the very 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 top of the hobby, the painting hobby, and it takes years of buckling down. Doing this, doing that, doing the next thing. You know, I, I talked to a guy who is a Golden Demon painter. Um, I mean, this is probably about 10 years ago. He was at a show that I was at as well. It wasn't the Games Workshop one, but. Um, and he's saying to me, he says, Well, I do like eight major pieces a year um, and really don't do very much other than, like, um, what was it said? I don't do very much except getting keeping my hands in the basics and using things to to learn these new things or to keep my skills up. Um, and it's like I, can't, I don't know whether he's actually ever won a golden demon, but he's a golden demon level painter. So he's a guy that puts stuff into golden demon all the time. He puts stuff into all these major painting competitions all the time. Um, and I'll tell you his painting was absolutely sublime back then um, I don't know what it's like now because I've obviously not seen or heard from him um, in a while but I can't even remember the guy's name which is shocking um, off the top of my head but I do know that at, the, at that time you know he, he was putting stuff into all the major painting competitions and um, you know a lot of his time was spent on the Golden Demon entries, the um, Golden Paintbrush entries, you know, all these major paint competitions. All his time's taken up doing that. Very little of it is him actually painting armies, you know, miniature, like, like rank and file guys. But that's what you have to do to win these things for what. Some people have to do that to win these things, but some people obviously don't. Some people obviously have that ability to switch on and off and spend their time, you know, painting loads of armies or like commission painting loads and loads of armies because um, that's how they make a living. Um, or, you know, they paint loads of commission armies and then for a month they buckle down and paint whatever entry that they've got so they've got a month off doing, you know, they make enough from their commissions over the year and then they buckle down and do this particular golden demon entry or gold brush entry or whatever it is they're entering so you've got to remember that you've got to understand that it takes time to get to that level and it also takes time away from what you would normally do, you know. What's fun for me about the hobby, which is painting all these figures, doing, you know, basing, you know, all that and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's that's something I wanted to talk about. Um, 
obviously, because I've been seeing all this stuff right now. Um, what's next? Right, um, this might actually be a very paint-heavy, um, or painting-heavy uh, episode. Um, because the other thing I was going to talk about was um, colours. Right, a lot of people have issues with painting yellow or orange or white or black. Um, obviously, because white, you can't you can't do it, but you can do it off like a pure white. But you know, there's no shade, there's no highlight. You can't do a pure black because there's no shade, there's no highlight. Um, yellow is very difficult to do. Um, orange is very difficult to do. Red is difficult to do. There aren't paint colours that you know people find extremely difficult to do. The thing is, you can't. You know, I see a lot of people go, "Oh, I'm no, never painting this colour again. Never painting that colour again." Find a way that works. That's how I found that. that persevering with a colour is how I can paint yellow. I can paint white. I can't paint a pure white because I haven't figured a way of getting it. Obviously, um, <clears throat> perfectly off white and um, with some shadings of highlight. Um, but I have a yellow. Um, there was actually um, you. YouTube that I follow quite started following quite recently and actually they've only had a couple of um, episodes out so far I'm going to look for it it should be in my library somewhere a hobby librarian it's not a new one per se but it's uh, painting black armour in six easy steps that is a really good one um, hobby librarian Um on YouTube. That's the thing. Um, a lot of the stuff that I have found to paint orange, paint black, paint white, paint yellow, you know, it's been on YouTube that I found it. Um, or I found it on a website. The, the internet has been a great thing for that. But the only reason I found out about that was Twitter, actually, to be honest. It's one of the people I follow on Twitter. Um, do, do. Voice of Kosh. Hold on. At the Voice of Kosh. At Voice of Kosh. So, obviously, uh, um, Babylon 5. Uh, reference, I think. Anyway, um, I found it on her um, YouTube um, or her Twitter feed because it's her that posted it on YouTube. Um, I think it's quite important that if you are struggling with a colour, you try and find a way that somebody's brought, found, or you know devised so that you get that colour done well you can't just go oh I'm never painting that colour again um, because it stymies your ability to paint really um, you know you want to play Imperial Fists but you can't paint yellow or if you're a commission painter especially 
um, somebody wants to commission you to paint an army and they're mostly a colour that you don't do but you're going to tell them, turn around and tell them you're not going to do it no I don't do that that's not good that's not good um, <laughs> trust me coming from a guy that paints commissions yellow comes up very often I hate paint. I used to hate paint yellow I used to hate painting orange um, but I found ways that work for me they're not necessarily going to work for you um, just because they work for me and I've had to um, jiggery chicken poke them a little bit as they say jiggery do a bit of jiggery pokey because pokery jiggery pokery I can't even talk um, because I didn't have the particular colours that that um, guide said that you were to use because it was Games Workshop prints and they didn't have all those Games Workshop prints um, so I had to go figure out um, the best paint that I had that was close to them so that's why I have the paint rack up that I downloaded so I can figure out which um, paints and which ranges I had was analogous is that the right word? analogous? I can't even say it right um, that's being Scottish for you though there's words in the English language that we can't say because our accents and the way we talk just won't let us do it but um, yeah it was important that I figured out a way of painting these colours because I do commission painting I have to be able to paint a colour that a client asks me to do because if I can't do it then they're going to go to somebody else and that's money missing, that's money lost Um, but that's a little bit of uh, on painting um, another thing that I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying yeah, I painted this entire army using two pound brushes I was like yeah don't really matter what brushes you use as long as it's got a good point and if it's a dry brush then it really doesn't matter fuck what brush you use because it's a dry brush it's going to get wrecked anyway might as well paint by two pound brushes for the works and use them but this is the thing I see loads and loads and loads and loads of people including people who should know better um, encouraging somebody who's brand new to the um, hobby to go out and buy uh, a set of Windsor Newton brushes the Kalinske Sable brushes it's like don't be fucking stupid absolutely do not go out and buy Konsky Sable bloody brushes if you've just started I have went out and bought Konsky Sable brushes mm, I don't see any difference I honestly see no difference between a normal brush like a synthetic brush and a Konsky Sable brush I don't get it, I have no idea It's got if it's got a good point then it works, if it doesn't have a good point and I've had Konsky Sables with shitty points the paint flows just as badly as a synthetic brush that I bought for £2 in a pack of like 20 from the lots. So, absolutely 100% do not need a Kalinske Sable bloody brush to be able to paint well. I've hired uh, multiple different uh, brush uh, painters 
from all spectrums of ability go don't need them all spectrums saying oh you do need them this is how you upgrade your ability upgrade your your skills or this is how you you get it better with the brush use these really good brushes I'm sorry I've been painting 25 years on and off no it's a brush it's a fucking brush that's all it is it is not going to make your painting any better and I'm going to get blasted for this by people I know I am but you don't need to go out and pay £2 or £3 or £4 for a brush for a single brush Games Workshop brushes they're alright they don't pull the point for that long to be honest um, but I have I do have um, wax brushes, I can't remember the, the make of them but that's for my American and non-British friends and um, listeners it's a discount um, art shop basically um, yeah I've had brushes from there that I've had for like two or three years and the points are still there so you know and I've had Kalinske Sable brushes that the point is dead within the point is fucked within the best part of two weeks so you know it's not about I mean don't get me wrong the Windsor Newton ones I have seen I have used them once or twice um, but I, I honestly do not see the difference between one that I bought for 20p in a packet or 10 or 20 and one that I paid £4 for so you know that's my personal opinion um, I know as I said I know I'm going to get blasted for it by people but um, meh it's um, that it's something I, something I talk about every time I do something about painting and about painting equipment um, another thing that I need I like to talk about is um, the types of paints that you use now a lot of people um, use pure leggings or shop paints that is not an issue does not mean you're a bad painter doesn't mean you're a good painter you know doesn't doesn't mean anything really other than that's the paint that you like to use it's only or it's the only paint you've ever used is the games workshop system a lot of people I've he- I've heard the oh it's a lazy man system well that's not really it's a good way of um being able to do it fast learn how to do it, do it well fast and um, but once you come out of the Games Workshop system, you stop using Games Workshop paints, um, you do need to learn how to use um, the other paint sets a little differently, um, because obviously um, the other sets of paints, or very few other sets of paints, have layer paints um, and highlight paints. Um, very, pretty much everyone that I know of um, is one different type of paint one set of paints you know like the Vallejo paints 
there's no highlight paints, there's no layer paints, so you know, if you paint like blue over green, it's going to be blue, it's not going to be green. Um, the green might show through a little bit, but not by much. Um, so you need to kind of learn a different way of doing things with um, new sets of paints if you are just used to the Games Workshop paints. Um, and that's something I, want, I, I like to, I, I wanted to point out um, was while the Games Workshop system is not a lazy man system. It is a, a closed system. It's not a, an open system. You can't, if you do um, use the Games Workshop system, then while you can use Games Workshop paints with other paints, you can't use the Games Workshop system with other paints because, as I said, don't have layer point paints. You can make them into layer paints. You can make other paints into layer paints. You can make them into highlight paints. You use... Um, a medium, but you need to know um, how to use that medium in order to do it. You need to know how it mixes together in order to do it. Um, you also um, need to understand the the difference between um, the different paint sets. Um, so Vallejo paints are a lot thicker than most other paints um, so they last longer so you can thin them down a lot more before they start start to go um, the army painter paints obviously need a little bit of TLC before you start using them because there are the things that make them a little harder to work with um, Obviously the coat, the arms, is very similar to the original Games Workshop. In fact, it is the original Games Workshop um, colour sets. Uh, so obviously, if you've used, if you're coming back into the hobby and you used Games Workshop paints before, you can just go straight to the coat, the arms paints and you can, you can um, basically um, start where you left off. Because back in the day, I mean, I started painting with Games Workshop paints. Um, very many years ago um, so the original Games Workshop system excuse me was like every other system you know you had your base coat you had your highlights and you had your shades so you did have your inks and all the rest of that so you base coated you inked it and then you dry brush highlighted or you thin down the paint so it would be very like a layer paint but not quite um, or you painted on over the base colour um, or however I mean I, there be, there'll be times when I have shaded using dry brush so I've dry brushed like heavy the darkest shade and then stepping up till you get to the actual um, base colour and then you highlight out so the same way that you do with any system nowadays with it. shading without the inks is, is a very difficult thing to do 
even now I have issues with it. You know, because I ha it's been a while since I've done it very much. The last stuff I did was my wee brothers, Chaos Corn Warriors. I did a mix of um ink and handshade, like dry brush shade and then did the highlights um, so it's a it's a difficult skill to pick up and do well and I would not say I do it well, I do it kind of decently um, so you do have to understand that if you're going to go from Games Workshop paints to other paints there are entirely different ways you need to do to paint with them um, but you can do it you can mix the paints but you can't use the Games Workshop system if you get what I'm talking about um, but to also you have to look at the actual colour palette of a set, a range of the paints. Now Vallejo have a number of different ranges. They have the model colour, they've got the Panzer, they've got the game colour, they've got the mecha colour, they've got the metal. All these different ranges of paints um, have their own colour palette. Game set, you know, the game colour is very bright, it's very vibrant, it's very like Games Workshop paints. Um, the model colour is very earthy, it's very down earth, it's very natural colours. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously you get um, what you got fluorescent paints, <laughs> and the um, model colour range but uh, and but it's still a very natural palette um, very much the same goes for the um, what army painter range that's a very vibrant colour range um, but the coat the arms range well it has some vibrant colours in it and um, very fantasy-esque colours, it also has quite a few very natural tones um, so that, because that is, that is the old Games Workshop range um, there are a lot of you know, natural colours as well as the vibrant fantasy-like colours um, and I could be talking at my arse here, people might be listening to this and going um, I don't understand what you're talking about. I understand colour theory and you're talking nonsense. But that that's the way I'm thinking. It's the way I think. You have to understand um, different concepts and different colour palettes and different ranges and all these things to get it right. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's it on, I think, the different paints. Well, what what you do need to do is have a solid think about, if you are new to painting, do I want to go along the Games Workshop line, or do I want to learn how to do it a different way? 
Um, if you're looking at using a different range because it's maybe cheaper than the Games Workshop range because I know the Games Workshop range for what you get is not the cheapest on the planet um, but there are ways of getting better getting more out of it um, I've got a video on my YouTube channel um, about getting more out of your Citadel paints um, yeah, if you, you're thinking about the cost of the Games Workshop paints um, and the cost of all the paints you do have to think about um, that difference and the way that you've got to change how you paint a little um, to do it right um, another thing I wanted to talk about was wet palettes now I have tried using the make your own wet palette ring, um, way of doing things it really didn't work for me um, I'll be honest with you um, but I got a wet palette quite a while ago uh, sometime last year the year before um, and it's been in and out of usage very little usage before um, very recently um, and what I have found is if you use the wet palette um, <laughs> While it lets your paint last for a long time without drying up, what it also does is when you actually paint it on the model, it dries very, very quickly. So this is a thing that I, as a commission painter, um, who batch paints often, was like, oh, yes, thank you very much. It will dry, it will stay wet on the palette for absolutely ages, but when I actually put it on the model it'll dry like that it'll dry so quickly I don't have to worry about you know I've got 50 figures to paint in the next week I just put the paint on the palette and I, I do my thing and that's it it's great I wish I had figured this out last year the year before because some of the commissions I've had to paint has been like oh, 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 I've got 50 of these to paint today uh, and I had to find, figure out a way of that's why I got a bloody um, cheap airbrush in the first place so I could do really really quick um, primes and base coats but I don't well, I, I still will use the but also it took forever for me to do any um, highlighting like any decent highlighting because I've got to wait for each layer to dry but this, I don't it's like dry, 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 dry. yes, thank you god, I've learned a way i found a way, so if you are somebody who does a lot of batch painting I highly recommend getting an actual wet palette not building one yourself but an actual wet palette that um you know, from Amazon or wherever, so you can actually do this right. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah, painting and lighting. Now, I don't have the greatest lighting setup in the world because the lighting in my old house was absolutely brilliant. Um, and when I moved house, I moved out of my parents' house. And the, the lighting setup I had was 
my dad's basically uh, and his was very very good um, mine's is getting there uh, but I need a couple of extra bits and pieces to make it really good um, what I have found is LED bulbs are brilliant for like if you get the cool ones rather than the warm ones that is the best for lighting um, bulb wise um, you want to get yourself some lighting from a couple of different angles you want to get it from the side you want to get it from um, in front of you and you want to get it from above you so there are some good um, like D-shaped um, LED cluster ones that I've seen uh, that basically give you the lighting like all, all the way around and all the way on top so those are good things to get um, and also obviously a, a lamp where you know it's coming forward um, yeah so but you know there's good ways of doing it in the cheap um, but not too cheap um, I have felt two bulbs in my um, lamps uh, purely because I think the ability to adjust the, the actual intensity of the light um, is really good you know because sometimes you, you want that really really bright light when you're actually doing the painting um, but sometimes you know you don't want that in your face um, when you're like doing terrain because you're well, you might be building terrain and painting terrain. It's different from miniature painting. It's different from building miniatures. There's not as many little parts that you've got to look at. Um, and also, even when you are painting, sometimes you want that light out your face. So being able to um, should pull down the intensity of the light um, is really good. Um, sometimes when you want to look at how the shadow would be being able to like shut it off like shut it down and, and look how shadow would look on that miniature um, you know various bits you know, there's various reasons for having those kind of light change you know intensity changing bulbs you know dimmers and all this, that kind of stuff um, there's also the fact that you know the um, few ones are color changing as well so if you want it to look at it with like a different light with a different color of light bouncing off it you know that's good if you want to take the videos or which I don't or um, anything you know videos or pictures or whatever with that different color of light you know it, it would be would be really good. Not that I haven't actually done that, but um, you know, it's a good idea. The thing is, with the base um, Phillips shoe bulbs, like the kits that you get, a lot of them are um, just a warm, uh, warm white lights. So you need to either get cool white lights in packs, or you get the color changing ones. And they're the same price, really, so there's no point in... There's not a big difference in price anyway, so there's no point in going out and buying those cool white ones and when you get cool white with the 
cold chains ones. Um, but yeah, that that is very much my setup. Um, so I have two lamps, and I have the the main room light. Um, I'd actually need a third lamp, but um, it needs to be over and above my head, um, really, for it to make any use out of it. Um, another thing, when you're painting, the actual um, space that you've got doesn't necessarily need to be massive, but what really would be a good idea is if you've got enough it's at the right height and it's got enough space where you can put your elbows down like shoulder width apart um, so you can control what you're painting which is, is one thing that's really really important when you're painting is, is having that control because um, trust me there have been times where I've been painting like my hands yeah, it's it's very awkward for me because I have dyspraxia painting um, properly with proper posture but knowing that I can lean my, my arms on my desk and, and move them about is really important um, the last 6 months to a year that's actually almost a year now Jesus I've almost been in my house for a year um, I have had a dinky little desk that I've had a little dinky little folding disc where I haven't been able to lean my, lean my elbows on it, but I'm now I've now got an actual table um, that I can paint on, which is great because I've got loads of space. Um, also, loads of space to make mess, which um, <laughs> if you've ever seen a um, a large number of the the painting fraternities um, desks. They are a complete not utter mess. Um, but, yeah. I think that is it for me. For that bit. Um, and actually, this is going to be quite a short podcast because I think that's me full stop. Mm. Um, talking about the painting. For once. It's quick and easy. Um, so, as always, if you want to support the channel, and um, we have the coffee account where you can um, get involved in the raffles, um, whatever the current raffle is at this moment in time, um, I'm not sure um, because you could be listening to it in ten years. You could be listening to it right now. If it was right now, it's the cap, the lieutenant Calcius. Um, figure with the on the display base, uh, but is also playable. Um, and uh, on the front page, there is a link to the coffee account. Um, so you just click that; it takes you to the front page of my coffee account. It will give you the current raffle that is in place, um, and all you do. Pay three pound, buy coffee. You get involved in raffle and you help the podcast. Um, as always, uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe on your um, platform that you're using to listen to this. 
I would encourage you to share, I would encourage you to comment, I would encourage you to like it and talk about it and do anything to get us out there. Um, not sure what the next one will be, I think it might be, well the next podcast that you listen to might be my actual play of Infinity. Um, right now I'm in the middle of getting a new group together. Um, pretty much everyone, by the looks of it, are all brand new, brand spanking new um, players, which is going to be entertaining for me because I'm going to have to DM at least the first couple of games, um, at least one or two of the sets of rules that we use for each adventure. Um, but I will try and get them set up for early April. Um, and then we'll do actual plays of them as well as the other games that I'll be doing over the next couple of years. Basically, what I'm trying to do is build uh, the beginnings of a network, I suppose, um, from myself, um, but all here on this podcast. Um, on this channel um, eventually it will be actual play it will be um, interviews it will be me talking about you know the gaming collective uh, collective gaming um, scene as a whole and then there will be me talking about specific parts of the hobby but right now it's all here in one place and um, so I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to say good day, happy hobby.